Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of Believe Podcasts and the Buzz Radio Network. The former Arkansas Razorback baseball player Tyler Spoon. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, Kylie Questionable. Also a two-time Dan Levitard Show Suey winner and the <laughs> former head athlete at Cornell Ferris Fane. D1Baseball.com editor Aaron Fitt. And current Razorback freshman star Devo Davis. Mr. Ryan McGee. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. A Razorback great and current SEC Network basketball analyst, Pat the Shooter Bradley. Here are your hosts, Kyle Sutherland, Kevin Bohannon, and Porter Hayes. Welcome in to episode 211 of the one and only Hog Talk podcast live from the Heinemann Services Studios. I'm your host, Kyle Sutherland, and wherever you're listening on 106.7 The Buzz 2 or your favorite podcast forum, we appreciate you for coming to hang out with us. If you're on one of the forums, be sure and hit that subscribe button if you have not already. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you could be so kind to leave us a five-star rating and a written review to help us continue to get our name out there and reach more people. The show is brought to you, as always, by our friends at Bet Online. Football season is back. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for both pro and college football. Get the updated odds, props, and contests, including Bet Online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus off your first deposit. And again, you can take advantage of their opening day super promo which means you can place a bet on September 9th for the opener between the Bucks and the Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Guys, it is game week. Finally, the Razorbacks open the season in Fayetteville Saturday at 1 o'clock p.m., Against the Rice Owls, now it is only on ESPN+, Plus. so if you cannot stream, then you're pretty much SOL. You can listen to uh, Chuck and um, Gwen Grovey there on the call. Uh, it's, uh, you know, that's in some people's minds, that's better to uh, do that than listen to the commentators. I know that there's always people griping and moaning about the commentating nine times out of ten on the ESPN Plus channels in particular because that's usually the B and C teams. Uh, the BNT, BNC broadcasting teams that are doing that. And so, uh, but we got another great show for you lined up. After I hang out with you for a second here, Kevin and Porter are going to talk with JP Heath, the voice of the Rice Owls. And then in the final segment, Aaron Weatherford, my boy from 42 Sports, joins us to recap week zero of. High school, high school football. Almost said basketball. We're not quite there yet. Week zero of high school football in Arkansas, and so, guys, I want to go into um, where we are at this week. I talked about a few weeks ago some things. I looked at it from a, this whole entire season from a pessimistic point of view. Now, I am not really a pessimistic person. I really, I guess you could say, I'm somewhat of an optimistic person, but I'm a realistic person more than I am anything, and. You haven't heard us talk much about fall camp on this show throughout the last few weeks. We didn't talk about spring practice a whole lot. That used to be talked about quite a bit on this show for multiple segments. We don't do that anymore because that's what a lot of people do. Um, we, we Not that there's anything wrong with that per se, but we want to be different. You know, We want to focus more so on the things that other people don't focus on because what's the fun in – doing the exact same thing that everybody else does. So, and also another reason why now it's not my full decision to not necessarily talk about, it's not like that we got together and we said, we're not going to discuss fall camp. I'm only a third of the decision-making on this show. Cause there's three guys that host this show, myself, Porter and Kevin, as you all know, but also too, there's so many things. I don't like to put a massive emphasis on it because there's so many things that can change 
especially on the offensive and defensive lines. You got all these different lineups coming in, running backs. I mean, basically everything but quarterback. You kind of get it down to two or three different guys, and then you end up as the camp rolls along and you get closer to week one, you start rolling with your one and your two, giving them the majority of the reps. But I say all that to say that I don't want to just focus. I didn't want to focus on a bunch of things, basically a a bunch of players that we probably aren't going to see a lot on Saturdays, at least not right now. But we're very excited. I think we're probably as excited as we've ever been, or maybe more so than we have ever been ever for a season to start. Now, last year, this time, we were extremely excited because we weren't sure all summer long if we were going to be able to even play. In July, it was looking very grim. We weren't really sure how it was going to turn out. And we ended up being able to with some cancellations along the way. But this year, you don't have any kind of stadium restrictions. Restrictions You can bring, I mean, you can fill them out, which probably will be next week against Texas. I'm pretty confident of that. I don't think there's any question there. And also, too, you got a team that you can be excited about. I'm excited about this team. Very. Now, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid to the extent that a lot of other people are because it's looking like that we're probably not going to have some of our – look, I think that we're going to beat Rice. I will say that much. But I want to reiterate some of the things that I talked about a, a little over a month ago or sometime around a month ago where you don't want to get too excited thinking that this is going to be just a massive blowout. It might be. But it's very likely that Traylon Burks is not going to play. He hasn't been at practice in a while after rolling. I think he rolled his ankle. I know it's something to do with his leg uh, in a in a scrimmage game and one of the scrimmages. So you're probably not going to play him. You don't want to play him if you're not 100%. You want to have him for Texas. And you, and you don't want to play him 100% regardless. I mean, if he's like 85 or 90 in a big game, I think that that's perfectly okay. He's in enough shape. He's enough of a freak athlete that that would be okay. You're not going to have John Ridgeway, one of your transfers from Illinois State, on the defensive line. It appears that he had – I don't want to confirm that he had an appendectomy, but that's what it appears to be based on his Instagram account and based on some of the things that we've heard. There's been other guys in green jerseys. We don't know exactly what the deal is there. The the complete stories, it could just be for precautionary reasons because they're a little beat up. I don't know. But let's go back. I, I just want to use 2015 for an example. I'm not saying that this is going to be a repeat of any kind of previous season, but I'm just trying to put this into perspective. So the 2015 season, you know, we obviously started off pretty bad, losing to Toledo, and then we lost – to Texas Tech and Pat Mahomes in Fayetteville. Obviously, we lost to Toledo and and Little Rock. You finished off 2015 very strong, beating Kansas State in the Liberty Bowl. Had a pretty good year to end Brandon Brandon Allen's career. That was the last year for Alex Collins. I think it was Jonathan. Jonathan, uh, oh, my gosh. I've lost his name, the, uh, the other running back that we had. Jay Will, Jonathan Williams. I don't know why I forgot that. And a strong finish to end ending a lot of those guys' careers in a Razorback uniform. Then you get to 2016, you have a quarterback change like we have this year. And you almost lose to Louisiana Tech. Now, Louisiana Tech was a pretty dang good football team. Rice has got a good bit of starters coming back. I think they've got around seven or eight coming back on offense, about nine or ten on defense from a not awful team last year. They beat Marshall when Marshall was a top 25 team. So there's nothing to shake a stick at. But if we're going to talk about experience for the Razorbacks, we've also got to talk about experience for Rice. Now, I understand it's not SEC experience, but these guys are not going to be scared. Why would they be scared? Why would anybody be scared to come into Fayetteville? Look at the amount of group of five teams that have beat us in the last three or four years. Last year, I think that we gained, you can say what you want, but we gained a lot of national respect because we won three SEC games that we were not supposed to win. I picked us to go one and nine. Many actual media members that matter picked us to probably do the same thing or go worse and not win a single one. So we gained a lot of respect, and we we had a good season considering what happened. I, I, I'm happy with three and seven, considering the schedule that we played. I think most people were. But guys, one thing that I just want to remind you, and I'm not trying to act like we're going to look, because again, I think we're going to win this game. But don't get all down in the dumps if we start off slow. If KJ throws an interception, if Rocket Sanders fumbles, 
if somebody drops a ball, if somebody misses a tackle, it's natural to do that, especially in this microwave society that we live in. I'm just here in this first segment to be a voice of reason and to tell everybody that I think that we're going to win at least five or six games. But as we get into this see this new season, this fresh year, just remember that we might not win this first game 45 to nothing. I think that we got a really good team that we're going to be extremely proud of. We're going to put some great quality players, a great quality team on the field. And just like I said last year, we're going to be proud of this team. And I think that we're going to be proud of them every single game. And after after the game, whether they win or lose, that we can say, you know what, we played our butts off. We're still we're getting there. I know we're tired of, tired of moral victories, but we're getting there. And so um, that's really all I got. I just wanted to kind of reiterate what I had said a couple of weeks ago just to remind you guys that I think there are many of us think that, that Rice is going to come in here, we're going to blow their doors off, and they're going to head back to Houston. If it doesn't happen that way, don't worry. It could be because they're looking to Texas. It could be because we're trying to gel. But I think we can do some special things against Texas with how amped up those players are going to be for that game. A lot of these guys, their last game, at least their last chance to play against Texas in a Razorback, well, actually to play against Texas in general. And they're going to be hearing about, especially all week, what that rivalry means, what that old rivalry meant in the Southwest Conference. But let's just get through this one, and let's be patient. Don't freak out if bad things happen. It's basic advice, but I think that we need it. If you don't, just wait till Saturday and something goes wrong. Go look at Twitter <laughs> and see if I'm right or wrong. But you know what? I hope that it's a blowout, and I and if it's not, then I guess I'll eat my words next week. But I still think we win the game. Don't forget, we go back to our normal Monday and Friday shows beginning next week. Uh, still going to drop at 6 a.m. every single day, uh, or every single Monday and Friday, not every single day. We don't have time to do that, and, and uh, we don't want to completely. We already bore you guys for at least once a week this summer, and then uh, every Monday and Friday, uh, every other time during the year as that goes. So, up next, we got Coach Cabo Porter and JP Heath. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of Believe Podcast and the Buzz Radio Network. Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479-368-6490. Again, that's 479-368-6490. Tackle your to-do list without breaking your back or getting your hands dirty by calling Heinemann Services. Located in Northwest Arkansas, Heinemann Services is your premier company to get those projects done that you've been putting off. Whether small remodels, lawn care, carpentry, and much more, they take care of you in a timely manner with exceptional customer service. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Welcome back to episode 211 of the Hog Talk podcast, where we go to the Workman's Travel Center hotline and bring in the voice of the Rice Owls, J.P. Heath. J.P., I know it's a busy week for you, man. We're, football's here, and I appreciate you taking time away to come talk with us. Yes, sir, brother. Nothing like it. I was telling my wife yesterday, I feel stressed. I got to do this. Then I, I kind of <laughs> slapped myself like, man, get out of it. Like we only played five games last year. You, you got to crave this. And I am more than happy to jump on here. Any interview. It's, it's so great to have a game week again, much less like a great environment, like at uh, Reynolds, a uh, Razorback stadium coming up. Yes. And I mean, last year we didn't know what was going to happen. So yeah, I, I get exactly what you're talking about. You know, in Arkansas, we had a, the luxury of playing an all sec schedule. So, you mm -hmm. know, there were some teams that didn't have it all. And Rice had five. So, I know when we go into returning starters, it's a different year because, you know, only getting to play five games last year. How do you think that does affect this season of, yeah, you got returning starters, but yet you didn't have that much experience last year? I mean, that if, if I knew that answer, boy, we'd, we'd make a lot of money. I wouldn't be doing this interview, but I, I get the gist of it. Just kind of giving you a hard time. I think me – I'm ridiculously, relentlessly optimistic. I look at it like 
they, they've got so many starters coming back from a team that, that could easily have been four and one in those games. Uh, not playing those other seven games was out of their control. They wanted to play even a larger schedule. Uh, the Rice uh, admin on, on the university side elected to not uh, play those first four weeks of the season, but then we had three other games that were uh, canceled because of positive t- uh, test on the other side of things. But the, we, we only lost one starter, Blaze Aldridge, who is at uh, Missouri now. You'll see him um, top of my head. I, I don't have your schedule right in front of me. I can It'll check. be at the end of the year. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Blaze, great guy, great story. He was a stud for us. So he's the guy left, but we also got a safety back in uh, George Nyquall, who didn't play last year. Uh, and Naeem Smith, another safety, had a big game when we upset Marshall. But I know I'm kind of waving off to the defense, defensive waters there. But I, I think that you could spin it both ways. I think that not playing those other games didn't get them as, as, as nicked up, but they wanted so desperately to play those other games too. So I think they've got enough experience coming back. They still went through a lot of reps in practice. It's nothing like game speed, obviously, but I think that it it will prove to be a benefit in the long run because, hey, you make up for that with an old Southwest Conference schedule to start. We've got you guys, and then after that we've got uh, Houston and then the state school in Austin uh, playing them Longhorns. But it, it's so great to be back. Yeah, and, and just bringing the, back those old times, you know, and, and of course with the big news of Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC, it kind of brings in a little bit more of that. But you talked about that big win last year against Marshall. So, you know, how, do that, how does that help your confidence in a team like Rice that coming into a, a game against Arkansas coming off three and seven year? I mean, what kind of confidence is that, you know, they're going to make this game competitive and in some beliefs that they could even pull off an upset? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, go, they're practicing to win. They're, they're getting on the bus to go to the airport to win. They're flying there to win. They're teeing it up to win. Does Coach Bloomgren have the utmost respect? Yes, I've already uh, done my uh, coach's show with him and, and asked him essentially that same question about Coach Pittman and just the respect he's had for him. They're, they're kind of cut out of the same cloth with that old uh, O-line coach mentality about just hitting guys in the mouth and making them like it. But um, – I think they on the on the right side that they it, it's unwavering belief that was the, the big thing that they said in that Marshall game it, was, it went, went a little bit viral that that they when they upset Marshall they weren't surprised because they had that belief they they could do it. I'm not guaranteeing a win. Don't pin me in a corner and say here I'm, I'm don't give me all viral going making headlines. I know how you raise your back now, just joking. but. They they're going in they're and and they're veteran enough and they're physical enough they're they're not going to be intimidated per se again not a guarantee but I'm looking at them as a, as a confident they've got a blend of some young guys but in the fourth year of the program he's got a lot of his identity uh, that that's prepared to come into an environment like this and and hopefully play well he just said in his weekly press conference hey we're playing to make it a game a one score game in the fourth quarter that could be this is me adding on that could be a three or seven point lead. That could be a seven point, eight point deficit, but uh, they're really, really uh, excited to, to go down, to go up there. I can guarantee you that. So let's go to talk about the offensive side of the ball. There's been some quarterback, you know, uh, I guess competition there. And from what I've read and from what little we've heard, is he leaning towards McCaffrey as the starting quarterback or is it still up in the air on who's going to be the uh, starting quarterback come Saturday? Yes, it's, he, he has not committed one way or another. Obviously, they will start one of the two, uh, either uh, Lou McCaffrey or Wiley Green. Um, I think that and, – and he just said this in his presser too, so it's good we're doing this chat right on the, on the heels of that really fresh content because he did not commit one way or another, and the Houston and, and Arkansas media grilled him a few times about that. Um, I probably won't even know until a little bit before kickoff either when I do my pregame uh, interview with him. So they both offer different things. McCaffrey, obviously, he has the big play ability and can extend plays. But this is the fourth year in the offense for Wiley Green. He knows it backwards and forwards, upside down and, and all of that. So they both offer big advantages. 
Uh, and I, I think judging, I trust, he's a man of his word. He said that both quarterbacks uh, will play in the game. Who starts? I don't know. Um, I, I cannot even hedge a, a guess on that one. But they, they both offer some strengths. McCaffrey, obviously, the former uh, Arkansas quarter, uh, excuse me, that would be news too. Uh, the former um, Nebraska quarterback transferring to Rice. Uh, and his brother Christian was coached by Coach Bloomgren when Christian was at Stanford before he went on to the NFL. So a lot of ties and zigzags there. But I can't wait for Saturday. And I, I, don't, I just don't know at this point who they'll put out. So moving to the defensive side of the ball, tell us some guys, you know, some big X-factor guys that can really step up and, and Razorback fans and needs to look out for. It, it's on the D-line. Uh, it, it's the, the coordinator, Brian Smith, has really, really bolstered the defense. It, I, I'd say the end of the first year, they started to get it, and it started to click. Uh, they throw a lot of different concepts, and they there's going to be a lot of confusion uh, obviously, from my blue and gray goggles that I'm wearing, that they hope uh, will confuse the uh, the offense for uh, Arkansas because I mean they've got two really good safeties. Their cornerbacks are deep, but they're untested against uh, the high level competition. We didn't see anybody like Arkansas uh, last year or the SEC West caliber last year, but they're a year older now. Uh, good linebacking core, Antonio Montero. This is his really third, you could say fourth year starting because he played a lot his true freshman year too, but with all the extra red shirts. But um, on the defensive line, my guy is Elijah Garcia. I just had him on our uh, our own version, uh, our own podcast, Rice House Insider, and our uh, coaches show with Coach Bloomgren last night. And he's NFL caliber. He'll, he'll be in an NFL camp. I don't think I'm, I'm stretching it too much, number 92. Uh, number seven, Trey Schumann. He's some uh, aeronaut. This is wrong, but it's some kind of rice aeronautical computational engineering major. And he's really good at football, too. So I think the defensive line is their strength. Coach just told me they're comfortable that they can roll guys too deep on the defensive line. Uh, and since since I've been here, this is my 10th year calling games. Uh, this is probably the second best defense I've seen next to the conference championship defense we had back in 2013. But they're um, they've got to do some more takeaways. They they didn't take the ball away a lot last year outside of the Marshall game. They picked off five passes. Uh, but uh, I'm really excited. The, the 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 number one matchup to me is our defense against your offense to see if we can uh, stop it and, and make it that one score game down the stretch. And how much does it help, you know, on the on the Rice side of things that Arkansas is breaking in a new quarterback in K.J. Jefferson? He had a couple of starts last year. So how does that help a season defense going up against a, a not-so-veteran quarterback? I, I don't know everything about Jefferson, but it, it doesn't – it hurt Rice necessarily. But, I mean, Jefferson, as, as, as good as he's touted to be, I mean, he didn't get in this position by by being a slouch. He he's gonna be he's gonna make some plays. Old high school coach telling me, yeah, the other team practices too. You know, uh, <laughs> back when I was doing high school ball, he he's he's gonna make some plays. And I'm interested to see if how they use if they if Coach Pittman uses two quarterbacks on his end because Coach uh, Bloomgren was just saying in his press conference about um, that if. If, if you guys bring in your backup quarterback, if, if they're because that's a, a definitely a different style there. Um, but yeah, it, it does help the rice rice defense. But uh, as we'll see, as they say, we'll see on on Saturday. I uh, hope it goes one way, obviously, but uh, definitely a lot of respect because Jefferson can make uh, a lot of big plays. And that's right, man. And, you know, we'll close it out with this. If there is uh, the biggest thing, and I think you've mentioned it a couple of times during our interview is keeping it a one-score game going in the fourth quarter. If, if Rice was to pull off the upset, do you think that's the, the biggest key coming into this game is making, you know, the later on in the game, keeping it a one-score game to keep that momentum going? Yeah, of course. And if you, you nailed it. I, I think they've got to run the ball. Rice had struggled running the ball last year, and, and their offense was bottom eight or nine in the country. Their, their defense – was 12th in scoring defense. So I'm like we just said on that previous answer, I'm confident in the defense. I think the key will be running the football, boring it as is, 
say it with me and stopping the run because coach Bloomgren knows with coach Pittman's mindset and that with Bryles uh, running the show again for a second year, that it all starts with running that football. And if you, you stop the run a little better, maybe you're not putting as much pressure or stress on a young secondary, right? It's deep. They've got some talent, but maybe once you stop the run, it won't put that stress on that secondary. So, and they've got to create a turnover or two and, and do something because when you're on the road and having that, like, you know, having that early offense, that's going to be huge too. If they can get up uh, early in the game and then flip the script, if they can stop Arkansas, if Arkansas doesn't get up 10, 14 points early, early, uh, Rice isn't explosive. I'm not breaking any news stories here. They're trying to be more explosive. They have more of a West Coast offense mentality, but they, they want to get that early offense so they can let the defense do the work and create some turnovers. Well, JP, uh, again, I appreciate it for coming on with us. I know busy week and continuing your game prep and all that. And good luck to you all Saturday and, and the season going forward. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you all. Appreciate it. Anytime. Well, that will do it for this segment of the Hog Talks podcast. After the break, myself and Kyle will be with Aaron Weatherford of 42 Sports to recap week zero of Arkansas high school football. Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479-368-6490. Again, that's 479-368-6490. Tackle your to-do list without breaking your back or getting your hands dirty by calling Heinemann Services. Located in Northwest Arkansas, Heinemann Services is your premier company to get those projects done that you've been putting off. Whether small remodels, lawn care, carpentry, and much more, they take care of you in a timely manner with exceptional customer service. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. We're back on episode 211 of the Hog Talk podcast, and we go now to the Workman's Travel Center hotline. And on the other end is my guy from 42 Sports, Aaron Weatherford. Aaron, welcome back to the show. I know we had you on about a month or so ago, a month and a half ago, but look forward to talking with you about what you and I's favorite subject is, and that is Arkansas high school football. Yeah, Kyle, appreciate you having me on again. It was great seeing the high school football back in Arkansas uh, last Friday night. Got to see a, uh, two pretty good 5A and 4A teams uh, go at it and, you know, looking forward to talking about it. And I don't know about you. Like we said, we're very thankful about it, but week zero absolutely wore me out. I covered three games in three days. We've got two more this week as well. And you were at Arkadelphia and Camden Fairview, and I'll talk about some of the ones that uh, that I was at. But uh, was that did you, you didn't make it to the Salt Bowl on Saturday, did you? You just did Arkadelphia and Fairview? You know, I did not. I did not make it to that one. I say it every year that I'm going to go because I've never been to one, and I end up not going, unfortunately. Uh, but, I, you know, unfortunately as a lot of people have been saying in the, on social media you know it's just a wonder that Benton keeps playing Bryant you know <laughs> but yeah uh, either way it's always a great rivalry game to be at it's always a great atmosphere as well it is and I gotta say it's 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 just an incredible atmosphere even not during the game obviously once Bryant over the last I think this was the fourth year in a row that they've beat them by at least 14 21 points somewhere in there they tied in 2014 and then it was like a like 49 42 game in 2017 some around there i don't remember the exact stats of it but all week it was you had the pep rallies around town you had of course mike lee the athletic director at bryant and scott nethery the athletic director at benton you had them doing things they were on the buzz here and there and doing various radio shows and i know some of the news networks did it but I actually was shocked that they normally that game has around 30 to 35,000 people. And even in a year where COVID is rampant, like it is right now, you didn't have any restrictions or anything like that. Of course, this year, like you did last year, but I was actually a little bit shocked to see 23,000 people, but it does go to show that, uh, that, you know, they, they support the town. It's a big deal for Saline County. Of course, money's also involved as well, but I'm kind of with you from the standpoint of, yes, it's just been a blowout for the last four years or so, but 
Then again, um, you know, I almost feel like I was talking with a buddy about this earlier today that I almost kind of feel like that, uh, and, and some people would argue because the, the 6A tends to be a little bit top heavy, but I kind of make the argument that that's almost the best thing that happens to Benton in most years because they either can make it to state or they make it pretty deep in the playoffs, it seems. Yeah, I'm with you too. You know, Benton has been really, you know, since, uh, oh my goodness, <laughs> I blanked. Uh, which Coach Harris got to uh, Benton. They, you know, Benton was not the team they, you know, a lot of people wanted them to be down here in Benton. Uh, but once Coach Harris got there, they've been, you know, like you just mentioned, uh, a top class 6A, I believe, his second year there. He actually made it to a, a state title game in 2014. Uh, but yeah, it's 6A is quite top heavy. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you on that standpoint as well. Well, we'll go into the Camden Fairview Arkadu game, and and I know that that that's a five uh, A versus four A there, but I was a little bit shocked that Fairview won by twenty points. I kind of had them winning. I know that I'm not sure what their skill player positions like, but I do know they have two defensive D one uh, linemen, in, a defensive Division one linemen, and Mark Welch who's committed to UCA, and then also Tim Don who's committed to Baylor. But, uh, you know, you got Jason, J- Jason Davis there at Arkadelphia in, in year two uh, under – what is their coach's name? Trey uh, Trey Shucker. Trey, Trey Shucker. Uh, yeah, and, and year two under him. And I know that they're not necessarily the Arkadelphia that we saw under J.R. Eldridge in 2017 and 2018, but still a pretty good bit of talent there. And I, I was a little bit shocked to, to see him go down by 20 points at home. What, what were some things that happened in that game that, that led to that? Well, Kyle, you know, first thing foremost, you know, I still think Arkadelphia is uh, one of the teams to watch for in Class 4A. I wouldn't say they're at the top like you just mentioned, you know, those two years in a row. Uh, but this game, it was really close. First half, uh, you know, Camden Fairview jumped out to a 13-7 lead in the first quarter. Uh, and then Arkadelphia kind of battled their way back in the second, toward the end of the second quarter, uh, making it a 20-14 to ball game. Uh, but then as the uh, the second quarter was winding down, Cameron Fairview scored a late touchdown and that kind of uh, propelled the Cardinals to a, 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 win, a victory last Friday night. I got to say, Donovan Winton was a kid you need to watch out for. Uh, the quarterback for the Badgers has taken over after uh, Buster Thomas left back in May, who was one of the best athletes in Class 4A a year ago, uh, left for OBU this past May. Uh, kid played his heart out, man. Uh, really, really good quarterback. Uh, Bigger, bigger set kid, uh, but can really, really run the ball and has really good arm strength as well. Another guy for Arkadelphia, you know, like you mentioned, Jay Sean Davis. Uh, he had an injury that unfortunately took him out of the game, which was a huge blow to the Badgers. Uh, but another guy, Braylon Bishop, was a, a senior receiver who they moved to running back, and he ended up scoring two touchdowns from that position. Um, on the on Fairview side of the ball, if a lot of people that are listening – remember when Buck James was actually at Camden Fairview at the beginning of the 2010s and the uh, late 2000s. Camden Fairview was arguably one of the best teams in Class 5A those couple of years and even won a state title. And this year's team, I got to say, I think Camden Fairview's going under the radar. Uh, Martavius Thomas, the Razorback baseball commit, really looked good in his uh, opening game in uh, 2021. Uh, There was a couple of other skill guys. I unfortunately don't remember their names. Um, I'm sure you can go find them on Twitter, but they looked really good. And the two offensive linemen for Cannon Fairview, I mean, they stood out amongst everybody else. And, you know, when Cannon Fairview ran the ball, they were at least getting about four or five yards of carry. And I think it was just due to the fact, you know, humidity and heat was a big factor in this game too. I mean, I was there on the sideline. Um, you know, I'm a bigger guy, so I'm obviously going to sweat some. But, I mean, it was, you know, everybody I was walking around, you know, they were all complaining how hot and humid it was. So I think that had a little bit to do in the factor of, you know, a 20-point loss for the Badgers. But uh, they've got a they've got another big one this week. Uh, you know, they're having two different uh, 5A South opponents back-to-back. They're going to Hot Springs this week. Uh, Coach Burnett turning that uh, Trojan program around uh, to what it once was in the 70s and 80s. And I think they could be another contender in Class 5A in the 5A South as well this year. 
You talked about the the heat and humidity. I made sure last week being I knew that I was going to be in the press box for the Salt Bowl. I'd already had that locked down, but I wasn't sure about about Sylvan Hills and Maumelle, which I went to uh, Thursday, which we'll talk about here in a second. And then on Friday, I was also outside for Robinson, PA. So I made sure to eat plenty of fruit, drink plenty of water. But I'll tell you, Aaron, I, I was standing outside. I was just standing on top of the box Friday night. But I was uh, Jason Sterling, my my uh, cohort with Rocktown Sports. He's the photographer. All all the cool stuff you see on Rocktown Sports that is not from me. That is all from him. All the cool videos <laughs> and pictures and stuff. But I was walking with him because the the booth was taken up. Uh, our our buddies, actually, your I guess your your cohorts at uh, the Maumelle Sports Network were uh, were one of the ones that got the uh, the box there. Your uh, guys there because you're the the play-by-play guy on the loudspeaker now, right? For Maumel Sports. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, yeah. So uh, I'm a PA voice for Maumel. So. Yeah. So our our guy on the our guys there at the uh, Maumel Sports Network were uh, in the in the. Sh- box there at sylvan hills along with the fearless friday guys so uh i had to uh stand on the sidelines there which i'm not complaining about it was cool to see be right there by the game action but man it was hot and muggy just walking up and down the the sidelines and friday night it wasn't too bad uh just being up on top of the box it's out you know you're out there in west little rock or i guess like i guess that's kind of west little rock out there in the uh the mountains there by on uh the roland area kind of by pinnacle mountain where joe t robinson is and so I was I was up there and that was the game that I was going to talk about next. I I, I figured that PA was going to win. Yeah, you know the the first game of the Anthony Lucas era. I was expecting them to come out and and I wasn't really sure how they were going to start and they really didn't start off that great. They got the ball first. They went four and out. Uh, went for it on fourth down, continuing to do that. And then Joe T got the ball and then they took it and they scored. After that. It was all PA. They did whatever they want to do. And Joe Hyman really didn't even do a whole lot in the game. He did have two scores on pretty much on the goal line. I think it was like a two and a three yard score. And I uh, had a really sick run. Definitely can't uh, leave that out. But had about 50, 53 yards. Aaron, I don't know if you, you heard about this, but he actually, when PA was returning the ball on the opening kickoff, he took a really big shot. And we didn't see him until about four minutes into the game. It was about like 8, 8.30 on the clock whenever he came in. But Charlie Pfizer, I think he hit four different receivers for his five touchdowns. Uh, Charlie Barker was one that stepped up and got two t- two of his touchdowns. John Mark uh, Charette was caught one of his, and then I think he also caught one in garbage time. But the Bruins just seemed like the Bruins of old to me. Didn't even if you wouldn't have looked at the sidelines, you would not have known that Coach Kelly was not over there. They were clicking on all cylinders, and I got to say, you know, I went to that game last year. And Robinson hung with them into the second half. Jalen Witcher went off for five touchdowns, and it just had the game of his life in that one, and they ended up running away with it. But to me, Robinson just, they looked out of shape. Uh, I got to say that, uh, you know, Razorback commit, Amari and Harris, I, I don't want to be too not politically correct about this, but I, I think he is he's maybe got a few more pounds on him than he really needs to right now. Um, you know, maybe probably about 20 to 30 pounds on him too much that he, that he might need to drop just didn't seem in shape. Like the, the team did not. Now, again, you go back to like what you were saying, it's the first game of the season. It's extremely hot and humid. You and I have both played in this stuff when we were in high school. So it typically takes about three to four games to really get into game shape, especially as the weather begins to cool off. But I was really shocked with with how much Robinson came out, and they were just as flat as they were. Yeah, you know, Kyle, I I did see a little bit of this game. I kind of kept up with some of it, and you know, I knew PA was still good. You know, it was the the biggest question going in was how was Anthony Lucas, uh, and how was he going to take this team and uh, show what he can do. He obviously made a statement Friday night that PA is not going anywhere, and uh, Coach Lucas, as I should say, uh, is you know here to play in class 5A uh, like he's been here, you know, for multiple years. Uh, but moving over to Joe T, you know, I was, you know, I was underwhelmed too. Um, you know, I thought they would have had a better game or I thought they would have put up more points than we saw. But you got to you gotta remember too, you know, Joe T has had just an abundance of D1 talent at just about every position on the field for the past five years now. And this year, I mean, there's only really two guys that really stand out on this team that are – at least D1, you know, talking about a Marion. And then the running back, Daryl Searcy, who I believe has an offer from A-State as well. Um, not really sure how he did. Uh, but, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's a down year for Joe T because, like you said, first two games, 
you know, I've, I've always said it to my brother, you know, just graduated last year and he said it too. you know, the first two games of the football season are always the worst because of how hot a human is. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm it's Joe T is kind of a question mark right now. And, um, and there's another seven, four, eight team. Uh, I would think we're going to talk about here in a bit minute about Nashville. Um, yeah. man, those yeah. you talk, talk about two teams in the seven, four, eight that, we don't normally see get thrashed uh, like they did Friday night, um, but uh, yeah, this is uh, really going to be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> interesting d- year in the seven four A, in my opinion. Yeah, it is. Uh, Daryl actually, I think I saw that he he rushed eight times for thirty six, so he definitely had a down night. And I'll tell you, man, Daryl's such a good kid. I've, I talked to him a little bit during the off season. I talked to him last year when he was sharing the backfield with with Hunter Smith. It's so I tell people all the time. It's so funny. They're both he and Hunter are both so polite, such good kids. But Hunter was like this really spoken, you know, he's really spoken out and and uh, very talkative. Daryl's just one of those kind of one word answer guys. He's very, like I said, very respectful and a good kid. But he's just he, he, you ask him a question and it's one or two words here or there. So it's just funny talking to him. Uh, you know, just I was doing an article earlier this summer and was texting with him a little bit, and he he had the injury bug real bad last year. I know he had some wrist injuries and some other things going on, but you know I definitely think that he'll bounce back. Just like I think Robinson will bounce back. I don't think that you're going to see that kind of performance from the even even if it is a loss, you're not going to see that kind of performance from the Senators again this year. But it doesn't get any easier for PA either, Aaron. I don't know if you've if you've seen the team that PA plays this Friday night, which uh, my myself and Jason for Rocktown will be there. They're playing uh, Madison Ridgeland, which is basically the PA. They're they're the two time six A defending state champs in Mississippi. They're essentially the PA, and I guess a little bit bigger class in Mississippi. Their coach has been there. This is his eighth year. Herbert Davis, I believe, is his name. This is his eighth season. He has taken them to the state title game six of the last seven years, and he's won the last two. So this is going to be no slouch. They actually played on ES. They lost a thirty-one to thirteen to a team from Tennessee on ESPN two last Saturday. So this is definitely no slouch. And uh, PA has done pretty well, especially as of late. Last year they were three and zero against out of state competition. So we shall see what the Bruins do uh, this Friday night. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. But I want to go back to Nashville. I was really shocked to see that one too. This is not the scrapper team of old. I actually saw someone post a picture and they've only got about around 35, 40 guys. I think if this, if, if my eyes did not deceive me, it was about 35 to 40 guys dressed out and used to have like 80 to a hundred. And Aaron, you know, I played during the days when Nashville won three, three straight. Uh, they beat us, my, my high school, they beat us my sophomore year in the state championship. Then we moved into their conference and then they, well, I think Warren won it in two. I don't know if you're old enough to remember this, yeah. but 2006. <laughs> I think that Jerry, some of my, Na- I still keep up with some of those Nashville guys that I played against, and uh, they will scoff at this. But Jerry is right, 100% was in on that two point conversion that he snuck it in. I, I will take that to my grave. And then my senior year, we beat them to win the 7-4A uh, undefeated in that conference, and then uh, we ended up losing a dollar away in the semis and w- would have had a a uh, rematch with them in the state championship, one that I'll, I'll never forget, you know, reliving times from 14 years ago. But Pleasant Grove is definitely one of the better teams, especially in that area. They're just right outside of Texarkana. There is some amazing football programs in the east part of Texas, the northeast part, all of that whole area. That's where uh, Chad Morris and his staff – really did a good job of recruiting and and Aaron you know I'm sure you've heard me say this plenty of times that's the one area that they did very very well at while they were at the University of Arkansas but to see Nashville lose 58 to nothing that's something you just do not see every single day Kyle in my 22 years of living I don't think I have seen Nashville get beat this bad in a single week and like I said a second ago about Joe T Nashville's just, I think, going through a lull right now. They don't really, unlike, you know, Joe T, they do at least have two guys that are for sure going to go D1. I'm not sure of Nashville really having that dude. I mean, there's always at least one, two, or three guys that come out of Nashville. I really haven't seen a lot on the scrappers when it comes to recruiting and just guys that are going to go play at the next level. Um, but like we did say, Pleasant Grove, one of the better teams in East Texas, uh, they don't have a lot of D1 talent. Or, well, I, I'm not saying they don't have it, but don't have a lot of guys that go D1, but they do have, you know, a, the occasional, you know, D1 guy. I know Landon Jackson, who's now defensive end, 
at LSU played at Pleasant Grove last year. Um, you know, there's a but there's so I, I've I, I've got family that live in Texarkana, and I keep up with a lot of those you know Texarkana area teams like you know Pleasant Grove, Texas High, and you know all those other schools, and they've got some really good programs down there that are really building up. Uh, but Scrappers, you know, I think you know going into this game this week, they got Hope this week, which you know is one of the lesser teams in Class Five A. Um, I think they could probably bounce back, and you know they got the Queen the week after. Uh, so they they could easily get back uh, in shape here uh, before they begin the season at Arkadelphia, which is <laughs> like we talked about, you know, in the past, you know, seven four a probably one of the toughest conferences in the state of Arkansas. I mean, you can argue with that as much as you want, but you know, f- three years ago, three straight years, we had teams out of the seven four a win three straight state titles. So I mean, it's yeah. you know, seven four a is always the toughest conference to watch, but. Yeah, man, Nashville is just – Nashville and Joe T, they're just going to be interesting teams to watch this year because there's really not a lot of uh, – just every, not a lot knowing, you know, about these two programs. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, and I've had some people say that uh, Ashdown could be – of course, they have Shamar Eastern. I know they've got a couple of athletes down there. Uh, and then, of course, Malvern. You, you've got Sed Simmons there at quarterback yeah. and, and – uh, Oh, what's the what's the offensive tackle's name? Vinny. I can't remember. He's a Vinny song. Winters. Vin, yeah, Vinny Winters. Yeah, that guy's like 16, 15, 16 years old and uh, looks like a freaking 22-year-old senior right now. He's already just filled out yeah. and uh, already been offered by Arkansas. But, yeah, the uh, Malvern Leopards, man, they're, uh, they they look like that they're they're trying to continue to make those ways. I know did, – did they win state a few – or did they get – they got really close. I, I was when I was in Texas. I can't remember. So, yeah, that was uh, my sophomore – or no, yes, my sophomore year. Uh, they made it to the semis, lost to Mina, who uh, ended up losing to, in the right. state title to Warren. Right. And then in 2011, they went to the state title, but unfortunately were met at the demise of uh, Hunter Henry and the PA Bruins back in 2011. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but but speaking on Malvern, you know, talking about the 7-4-A team, Malvern won two straight junior high – conference titles uh the past two years so the leopards definitely have some talent coming up and they definitely have some guys that you know know how to beat these bigger teams and that's been the problem uh in the malvern program for so long since you know they won that 93 state title and got moved into this conference you know with nashville and they just have not been able to get over the hump of beating nashville uh they did beat arkadelphia last year which i think was probably Coach Plumley's biggest win since uh, arriving at Malvern in 2019, uh, and you know I'm, I'm I've obviously I've got a show I run the countywide football show. You know we cover Malvern, and this is you know they're they're really young, but they have so much talent that is you know going to be there to help them uh, over the course of the next four years. That's coming up from Pee Wee too. Uh, so <laughs> telling you the Leopards, yeah. the Leopards might be. Uh, a class 4A team that could be in the state title here within the next four years. I want to talk about one more that just really shocked me, and then I want to, to touch on Maumelle and Sylvan Hills. But I know this was a 3A, 2A matchup, and I believe Harmony Grove beat Junction City last year, but Junction City is a team that I don't recall ever seeing being shut out either. 39 to nothing, it was uh, Camden Harmony Grove beat them. And when I saw that score, I was beyond – I know that they, they are, just like I was talking about, Nashville is not the Nashville of old. This is not the David Carpenter Junction City Dragons. But to see them get shut out after all of the dominance in in Class 2A over the last 15 or so years, that was a big-time shocker for me too. I don't really know many of the details of that game. I only know the score. But uh, I was I definitely raised an eyebrow seeing that. Well, I will say this before I say anything else. I know a lot of old school 2A and maybe teams that are now in 3A that used to be in 2A are loving the final score <laughs> just because of <laughs> how much Junction City has owned Class 2A the past two decades or three. Yeah. Um, but what I do know is that, you know, this Junction City team had a lot of penalties in this game, unfortunately. Had a lot of a couple turnovers uh, that really put them in that situation. But even then, you know, this is still a Junction City program, you know, that expects ex- excellence and, you know, expects to win conference titles and state titles. Uh, but I think Camden – I think Camden Harmony Grove is a really good football team. Uh, they have a sophomore class that just got to uh, high school that won the eight – the uh, set – no, the six – I'm sorry, the 6-3A conference uh, a year ago. 
uh, beating McGee, I believe, was in a junior high game, winning that conference. Uh, so they've got some kids coming up for uh, the Hornets. that They're going to be really good here. You know, they had a lull last year after enjoying three years with Zaylin Falls and a couple of other guys uh, that were there for the Hornets. But uh, Coach Horsecamp, I think he's got, you know, I think he's got something brewing uh, down at uh, Camden Harmony Grove uh, this fall. And uh, touch on Sylvan Hills and Maumel, the first one of the first games last Thursday. Night, I think it was one of two or one of three. But you look at Maumel, and they're kind of one of the outs, the teams on the outside looking in in terms of maybe right behind Little Rock Christian, certainly PA. But they're definitely going to contend this year, and in another tough conference. And then you look at Sylvan Hills. You know, you got typically at the top there, you've got Greenwood, you've got Lake Hamilton. Then right behind those two, you look at Sylvan Hills. You look at Benton. I guess you also look at uh, El Dorado as well. And with Sylvan Hills, yeah, El Dorado is 6A. I had to think about that for a second. Then, then you look at what Sylvan Hills, the way they started last year, two and three, and then they really picked it up. Sylvan Hills looked really shot, really sloppy the other night. And especially in the second half, they had four turnovers. They had three straight to begin the second half. Now, part of that, Jahan Smith, who was their stud back in the first half, Aaron, this guy, I promise, is like, he probably runs like a 4-3-3, 4-3-4. Maybe not quite that fast, but he has blazing speed. He had a 54 and a 41-yard touchdown in the first half. And as we know, Sylvan Hills runs the ball on every single play just about. I think I saw him pass it maybe two or three different times. And Maumel has got some studs as well. Obviously, they do. They've got two Razorback commits, on one on each side of the ball. But I will say that I think a big reason why Maumel won this game was because their defense really helped them out. They really didn't have a ton of offense. They didn't have any offense, and neither team did in the second half until Maumel scored a touchdown uh, towards the end of the game, and then they were able to also get a field goal to make it 31-21. to But I, I really like Roderick, uh, Roderick Moore in this one. This guy's really, really good, the, the receiver there. Uh, I think his name's Roger Moore. I know his first name's right. I got it. I actually got it wrong on our uh, <laughs> on one of our posts on Instagram. You got to forgive us. It is the beginning of the season, so we're still trying to figure out people's names. Or maybe it's Roger Watts. I can't remember. It's one of those two. But uh, I believe it is Roger Watts. Is it Roger Watts? Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I put I, I put Roger Moore, and he corrected me, and I apologize. So I apologize to him again, Roger Watts. Six, I think it was six catches for ninety nine yards that he had in two touchdowns, all in the first half. Well, they started double teaming him in the second half, and so he didn't get thrown to. Um, but I, I like the Hornets. I really do. I love what Coach Horton's doing over there, and I like what the Bears are going to do. I think both of these teams are going to make a, a decent playoff run at least. Sylvan Hills was one play away, a two-point conversion away from the state championship last year, losing to Lake Hamilton at home. But you lose Jahan Smith, a guy that had so much impact for you there. And I actually talked to one of their coaches and, you know, he said it's pretty much goes without saying he was a big reason uh, or losing him was a big part of why we were not able to do what we wanted to do because Aaron, I, as you know, I'm sure they lost everybody on offense. They've got Xavier Okafor and a couple others back on defense, but they lost everybody on offense and this takes time. But as Chris Hill to, to really get the the way that this offense works, the, the I think it's the flexbone offense that they run, but it takes time for that to really get going. And I think that Sylvan Hills is going to get there again, but it's probably going to be like around conference time. But these are two teams that are, as of right now, on the outside looking in and their prospective classes, outside looking in at least in terms of maybe the top two or the top three that I think could really make a push there as we get further into the season and then eventually into the postseason. Yeah, you mentioned earlier in your statement, you know, talking about these two these two teams being behind, you know, the top two teams in class three or class classes five A and six A. Yeah, I think Maumel is easily the third best team in class five A. Um, I'm not really sure on Sylvan Hills at the moment. West Memphis looked really good uh, in their game against Little Rock Southwest. Uh, that 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 could be another program to watch out for. You got Jonesboro as well in that conference, uh, but Sylvan Hills has always had some really big guys up front, um, you know, being in, being in class six, a that's definitely helpful. Uh, even when you have a lower set of numbers, uh, in, as a class six, a team, uh, you know, I believe they're five years removed from being in five, uh, a, if I'm not mistaken, but yeah, this was a really, really, really fun game to watch. You know, I watched obviously on our live stream, uh, the mom sports network with Steve Henson and the guys over there, 
Uh, and this this Maumel team, I think, is going to be you know easily a state championship contender. In big reason because they're only going to have unless you know they get a uh, you know a home playoff game. They're only going to have four home games. This week's game at at Robbins. This week's game is at Robinson, unfortunately, uh, due to field operations still uh, happening on Maumel's field. Uh, so there's definitely they're definitely going to be um, a well well bought in team. You know, with the adversity they're going to have to go through. Uh, they've got a trip here to Shreveport in, I believe, the next two weeks uh, to take on C.E. Bird, which I believe is a big-time school uh, in the northern Louisiana. And, you know, they've got a bunch of guys that I think are bought, are bought in. This might be the, me- the best Maumel team that we've seen uh, in quite some time. And like you said, Coach Horton has done a good job of keeping all these guys together uh, and making sure they stay within the Maumel program and not go into a bigger school around them. Uh, you know, with all the big 7A schools I have. So, uh, Sylvan Hills, I think, is still a really good football team. Not, you know, not saying they're going to be really bad or nothing, but uh, they're going to have to find some guys that are going to step up. I think we saw, you know, the the, uh, the guy you mentioned uh, last week that played big – he was big time for a really short kid, but really quick. I think he's going to be a big time guy for him. But I think the offensive line play and D-line play for Sylvan Hills this year is probably going to be their best bet. Yeah, definitely. No, I completely agree with all that. And one team that I just realized I left out in the 6A was Parkview. I uh, definitely can't leave them out with, with a guy uh, with Trip White, J- Jalen White at quarterback. Uh, I think he's going to play both ways, safety and quarterback. He's got an offer from Arkansas. Then you've also got Darian Bennett, the transfer from Jacksonville in the backfield with, and he's got an offer from Arkansas and other D1 offers along with Razorback commit James Joyner. All kinds of talent over there uh, at Parkview, at Little Rock Parkview. And so, and I finally, too, I got to give a shout-out to the Fayetteville Bulldogs. I've been very, very hard, the, the Fayetteville Purple Dogs. I've been very, very hard on them, at least in terms of saying that they must win this year, and that is true. They've got to keep winning. And they had a big 41-24 to win over Conway. So congratulations to Casey Dick and Fayetteville. Um, I hope that they continue to live up to the hype because there is all kinds of talent up there that was not utilized last season. I get last season was tough on everybody. COVID year can never discredit that, but uh, I got to give a shout out because I was extremely hard on them and, and podcast and also on news articles as well that uh, or I guess I can't really call my articles news articles, but the articles that I post on Rocktown And so, well, Aaron, great talk, my man. Before we get out of here, I got to get your take on the Razorbacks this weekend. What do you think we're going to do against Rice? Man, you know, looking at, you know, what the uh, Rice head coach uh, talking about Arkansas today, um, I think it's going to be an easy, easy blowout. Um, really? I, I'm not, well, not easy blowout, but I think we could probably win this game at least by two touchdowns. Okay. Um, you know, Rice has always been a program that has, you know, been lower. The, have, they've kind of been under the bar here. Um, in the last two decades, but last, I believe past couple of years, they've been one of the better teams in conference USA. Uh, and you know, they actually, they actually had a kid from Little Rock Episcopal who played at OBU for three years and then was an offensive lineman last year, head to the NFL that I played against my sophomore year of uh, high school football. And he was a dude, I believe his name was goose. His last name is gooseberry. Um, but rice, I, you know, I, I want the Razorbacks. I think it, it's about time the Razorbacks get, you know, one of those big wins, you know, just like scoring all these points Mm -hmm. and the defense shows up. I think it's really time for that. It's been a long time uh, since the Razorbacks have seen that. I know, you know, we put up a lot of points against Colorado state in 2019, but um, who really wants to remember that game? (laughs) Uh, But but, uh, yeah, I, I think the Razorbacks have a win this week and, Lord willing, Lord willing, I will be in the stadium uh, for the September 11th matchup with Texas. You can be there for me in spirit, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have my cooler right behind me on my recliner, just uh, enjoying that one on the big screen. I, man, I, I don't know if I want to be up there for as crazy as it's gonna be. I, you know, I, I love the fact that the atmosphere is gonna be like that. But oh man, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna steer clear and just catch that one on the big screen. But uh, definitely gonna be some of the best atmosphere that we have seen in Fayetteville in quite some time. So, well, that was Aaron Weatherford of Forty Two Sports. You can catch them on Facebook. They've got a fantastic page that they post all kinds of high school content on. And then Aaron, you've also got the Countrywide Football Show. I know that you do, and you can find him on those social medias as well. And my man, I'm sure we'll catch up with you soon here down the road. 
Yeah, man. Appreciate you having me on, Kyle. Let's play some more football. Definitely. Well, that'll do it for this episode 211 of the Hog Talk Podcast presented by Bet Online. Look forward to game week this week, and thank you guys for listening. And do not forget, as I mentioned in the opening, that as of next week, we will go back to our Monday and Friday shows with the start of football season. That's all I got for you for Aaron Weatherford. My name is Kyle Sutherland. We will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.